Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you think your career was over? Yeah, I, I thought it was over. I'm in Denver right now. I'm excited for this opportunity that I got. You know, whatever happens, going to happen. For Joe Brady's growth, that organization, they'll have to, like, just practice different things. Like, one of the things we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two-minute, really. We didn't practice red zone, you know, so. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just go visit youtube.com slash allthingscovered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts so you can get the show ASAP. Get it right away. Pat P, it's a big-time opportunity to have another big-time show. And what are we going to cover on this episode? Man, it's time to welcome another signal caller and a South Florida guy. You know, we chat with someone that has been through a lot. You know, one of the one of the most respected guys in the league. No question. Guy that rode 75 miles on his bike from Miami to Palm Beach. I'm not doing that. I think I think it was like about around five hours, something like that. But I'm not doing that. You don't need no further introduction. Our guy, Teddy B. Teddy B. Yo, listeners, viewers, following the show, you know what time it is. First quarter is where we chop it up, chopping it up. And in this chopping it up segment, we're going to talk about addressing off-season workouts. So if you guys have been living under a rock and not really paying attention to what's been happening in the NFL world, Jawan James tears his Achilles. He tore his Achilles working out away from the facility. So the league sent a memo reminding teams to encourage their players to work out at team facilities using James by name. So basically they're saying, Pat P, and I'm I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the story. I'm just filling in our listeners and our viewers. Because Jawan James was injured working away from the facility, he's the current starter for the uh, Denver Broncos offensive tackle to uh, is his position because he got injured working away from the facility. There's a good chance he might not get paid this season. And I think his salary for this year was $10 million. Yeah. So they're basically saying they pretty much could void that salary. So the NFLPA wrote in an email, it was gutless to use a player's serious injury as a scare tactic to get you to come running back to those workouts. This memo is another sign of what they think of you and also affirms that they simply want to control you year-round in any and every way that they can. Like I said, Jawan James, he suffered Achilles injury during his off-site workout. Broncos have options under new CBA. They could decide to pay or not pay James. He's owed $9.85 million exactly guaranteed in 21, 2021 salary. The team could seek to recover $3 million uh, signing a three million signing bonus. Team could choose to pay or not pay for surgery and rehab. Wow. wow! He opted out last year because of COVID. So the players' union is clearly pushing for the team to pay James. So get this: they could decide to not pay his nine point five 
and not pay for his surgery and his rehab. Pat P, hearing that, current Minnesota Vikings, how you feeling? Man, I think that's bizarre, man, because that injury can happen anywhere, anytime. Yeah, granted, it's from away from the facility. But at the same time, we're 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 off of football from you know from the first week of January and we have to be back in April. That's three and a half, that's three and a half months. Guys, I understand football is definitely definitely our job, you know, and most guys understand what it takes to be in shape and obviously be prepared for a season because think about the guys who's coming in, they're working out year-round. Guys who's in the lead, the guys who's going to be in the lead for a long time, they're working out. So you're telling me during that three months and a half, you don't want us to work out at all and only work back out with at the uh, at the team facility? That yep. don't make any sense because that injury can happen any given time, doing anything. You know, he could have been mm-hmm. walking down the steps and he could have tore his Achilles. You know, he was just doing something that was going to help him be prepared for the season. And yep. he got and hurt. They said- Pat P, they said he was actually doing drills that his coaches. Yeah, that's what I'm know, saying. He was doing something to, to, to get do. him prepared for the season. You know that those type of things happen. It's a freak accident, and I don't think you should penalize a guy for doing something that he loved, making sure that he's prepared for the season, mm-hmm. and at the same time, the team gave us options to come up to after May 17. So what's yeah. the issue? And, and and to piggyback on what you're saying, you can't even work out just, right now with the team anyway. If if Jawan James was playing basketball, mm-hmm. playing volleyball, riding a bike, right. doing I can something see that. that yeah. Now, if you feel some type of way he's out playing basketball or playing flag right. football or yeah. you know, That's right. whatever. He's out there doing football drills. Getting to get better. better. Exactly. To get better. He he but is being just, a pro. But let me throw something out to you, Pat Pete. And for our listeners and our viewers, checking us out, we're talking about Jawan James, how the NFL is basically saying it's up to the team to pay his salary this upcoming season because he's on IR. He has a season-ending Achilles injury. And it's up to the team to pay for his surgery and his rehab. But let me get let me throw this out to you, Pat Pete. So this past weekend, uh, DK ran a 100-meter race. And if you follow the NFL social media page, Twitter page to be exact, they they congratulated him. Yeah. In a, and they basically, in a, in a celebratory fashion, they were like celebrating the accomplishment of running a race against Olympic runners. Right. Now, the question I have for you, Pat P, for the people that are watching and listening to us, that's doing something off-site, right? Right. So, right? Yeah. so, it, 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 so if, you, if you're congratulating DK for doing something that many people, many NFL players would never think to do and competing, why are you condemning Jawan for working out? Right. DK ran a race, right? <laughs> Didn't get hurt, but he ran a race. You congratulating him. Jawan was working out, trying to get better for the upcoming season and tore his Achilles, but now he's being condemned. And basically, it's up to the team to pay for the surgery, rehab, and pay for his salary. I don't understand it. So so where's the the field goal is moving for some players or for some situations compared to what's going on with Jawan James. What do you what do you what do you think about that? Hearing how they congratulated DK and we all we always happy that oh, he yeah, went out. No doubt about it. Definitely happy. But, happy that he went out there and you know what it was a 10-3-6. Oh something crazy like that. Oh, you know, you know the time. Yeah, it's the 10-3-6 or something like 10-3-8, 10-3-6. Was that Dang, in my Pat. was that, was that in the question? <laughs> was that a has Pat heard? Better ask that out, Matt. Go to X that out, man. I'm going to give you your point. I'm going to give you your point. You got an early point already. God damn, early you can play it today. Yeah, you got an early point. Ask that You okay. got one already. But I think it's All a little right. bogus, though, to, like you said, to be 
congratulating, you know, DK doing something away from football. You know what I mean? So granted, you know, away he, from the facility, you know, away from the facility. So mm-hmm. if he was, you know, God forbid that he, you know, he didn't, and I don't know if he's going to continue. I don't know what happened, what place he came in and all that stuff. And if he's, you know, going on to the next round or whatever, but if he was, if he, if he pulled his hamstring, you know, like I said, yeah. God forbid, God forbid, cause you know, that's what track runners do. If he mm-hmm. pulled his hamstring, would you have that same compassion, you know, or have that same kickback if he did that? Yes, exactly. That's something we won't know, but right. I mean, Juwan they celebrated. Jawan was doing something that was going to make him better, and I think the lead. This is the opportunity to show that you care about your players because I think okay. if you put it into the owner's hands to pay or not play a pair, they're gonna probably say, "I'm not going to play him." More, I mean, very highly, they're going to say, "Yep, he's on IR. He he opted out last year." Now, that's another. You know what I mean? So they already looking at that. So why why should we why should we pay him? You know he's, he's not on the team no more. So I think the NFL got to do a better job of protecting the players. You know obviously the NFLPA is doing that, but the NFL has to do a better job of having the players backs as well because I don't think that's right, man. I agree with you. I agree with you. Let us know how you feel. Give us your take on social media. Leave us a five star rating with your statement attached to it about this Jawan James situation. You know, should the team pay his salary or should they continue to stay uh, stand firm like they're doing and not knowing if they will pay this salary? But also oh, pay for the surgery. The surgery not pay for the surgery, bro. The surgery in the rehab. Dang, that's tough. That's, yeah, that's 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 uh, that right there is tough, bro. No doubt about that it. That right, that right there is tough. That's cold blood if they don't pay for the surgery and the rehab, but. Uh, I mean, he's still an NFL player. Ain't like yeah. he. And also, too, we got to make sure we, we we emphasize that the Broncos haven't made a decision yet. These right. are the, we just give you their options, right? And at the same time, the still, he's still an NFL player, and he's still on an NFL team. No question. So why why would he have to go out and pay for his own surgery, or the team can opt out from paying his surgery? Yes, that's that's bogus. That's yeah. bogus. All right, we we're gonna monitor this story and see exactly what happens, but Denver. Do the right thing. We got Teddy Bridgewater come on the show. He plays with the Broncos. He does the right thing. Come on, Broncos. Do the right thing with Mr. Jane. Oh! Now it's time Get him to the punch. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite part of the show, my favorite part of the show, has Pat Hurd. Pat, has Pat Hurd is a, is a part of the show we decided to implement if you're new to the show because during the offseason, Pat is not understanding or paying attention to what is going on in sports. He's traveling, he's on the golf course, he's getting ice cream with his babies. So he's not really listening or paying attention to television or anything like that. So he's kind of out of whack of what's going on in the sporting world. So we wanted to see exactly how much out of whack he is. So we decided to add, has Pat Hurd. His overall record, he's gotten 27 27 right out of 42. That percentage is 64%. So he's well above 50%. So if he's a quarterback right now, he's completing, you know, more than half of his passes. Last week, Pat P, you were three or four. You got three right out of four questions. So far, Pat has already jumped out and got one right already. The DK <laughs> Metcalf run. You want to know. Hey, Pat, if you were to run the 100, not right now, but let's say when you was probably still year two, year three in the league, if you were yeah. to run the 100, train for the 100, what's, what time do you think you could clock? Man, that 100 tough, yo. My you used to run the 100 in high, high school, school, right? Yeah, I should say my best time in high school, I want to say like a, a 10-9, somewhere in there. And, you know, that's in high school, that's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. But that 100 yard, that 200 is even worse. But that 100 yard, around yeah. that 75 meter, 
Hey, you gonna start putting that head back versus keeping it, keeping it. <laughs> you gonna look like you gonna look like Buddha. You gonna look like Buddha. Oh, man. man, speaking of speaking of um running track, I'll never forget, man. Shoelace Denard Robinson, man. We're in a state championship. We got us about is Deerfield, is Ely, Dillard, BA, Piper, uh, and I can't remember the other two teams that was in there, but and we always ran a, a, like a fast time. Like we was a fast high school. I think we ran like like sub 43s. So we was fast. So we got we got a uh, and we had Steve. Steve was our first leg. I cannot think of who our second leg or our third leg, but I was the anchor. So we got us like a nice little seven meter lead coming into the coming into the curb, giving me the uh, giving me the baton. Uh-huh. Boom, got that thing. I'm out there, Mac. I'm leader of the pack. And you already know once you start hearing that. What, what lane you were in? I can't remember, but I think I had to be in the fourth or the fifth. Oh, you were I think lane. I was, was yeah, lane. I think I was in the fourth lane, if I'm not mistaken. And Shoelace was in the fifth lane because he ended yeah. up on my on my on my left uh, my right side finish. It came down to a photo finish, Matt. So anyway, getting back getting down to the like the to the last 75, like like I just talked about, last 75, 80 meters. Man, I hear the whoop. So now you know you gotta dig. <laughs> he coming. He coming. <laughs> I say, oh man, what is what is what where you at, man? Where you at? So he, now, he coming. I, yeah, so now I'm digging. I got the photo picture and everything, Matt. Put that head back. Now I see him at the corner of my eye. He literally won by his, because he had dreads. He literally won yeah. by like one of his dreads, bro, off a photo finish in the 2008 state finals. Five, 4A through 6A. Well, Robinson was fast. Yeah, he was, man. But that 100, I don't know, Mac. You know, that, like I said, I don't, I, if, I, if I was able to train for it, I'd be respectively. You know, I'd probably run somewhere around like a, a 10, 7, 10, 6. You know I, mean? mm-hmm. I don't want to get myself too high and go out there and run a 10, 8. Or something yeah. like that, you know what I mean? But you know, if I had to really work on it, that, that, yeah. that those are probably the numbers I I'd be satisfied with. Okay. All right. So you already got one question right. Has Pat heard? Second question for you. Your new teammate, Adam Thielen. What stadium did Adam both compliment and criticize recently? Lambo. Oh, whoa. Okay. Hey, oh, you, you got that one right. So a little background uh, <laughs> on, on that story with Adam Thielen. Uh, he commented, uh, it was on Golf Subpar Podcast, uh, said the whole stadium is not nice. There's nothing fancy about it. It has bleacher seats. But mm-hmm. he did call it his favorite place to play and said there's nothing like, there's nothing better than beating the Packers uh, in Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. What's what, what your, your favorite stadium? All the stadiums you played in, right? College, professionally, what's your oh, favorite college stadium hand, to play in? College hands down, Dove Valley. Can't nothing oh, okay. Man, gotcha. I can't front, man. That place crazy. But in the league, it's Seattle. Man, I love yeah, Seattle, out of Seattle, man, because they DJ be rolling, they fans mm-hmm. be rolling, the atmosphere is always crazy. You're gonna get a little miss, it's it gonna be a little cold. And like I said, when we play them, you know, nine times out of ten, the game comes down to the last drive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's nothing like like Adam said, it's nothing like beating Seattle in Seattle. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, I'll never forget that time, man. They beat us 52 nothing, Matt, right? Four Dang, minutes I don't remember that. Game. 40, it was like four minutes left in the ball game. And I can't remember. I think Russ was – I think that's Russ' rookie year. I think that was Russ' rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. It was 2013, uh, Ken Wizenhunt last year. Maybe it could have been 12. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's late in the season. Maybe it was early in the season. I think it was early in the season. They substitute Matt Flynn in. Guess what play they run first? First play. They're already up. Man, they ran a play action goal on us, Matt. 
<laughs> hey, you think of y'all getting beat so bad, they gonna run the ball and get the clock out. Man, we was like, whoa, like it's the game over. <laughs> Let's put the kids to sleep, man. <laughs> Go ahead and run this football. Let us get on back to play our- action. Hey, I, know, I know the entire second day been on the play action. Man, no, actually, because I think we was in man. I think we was in oh, man okay. at that point, because uh, me and Richard, me and Richard Marshall was the, uh, was the corners. And mm-hmm. I think they threw it like up the seam or something like that. I, and they inc- they incompleted the ball. But the fact that they ran they ran a play, a play action. action Being up know, that and it was all go too, Mac. It wasn't like no no seam go, no stop outside. <laughs> it was all go. He was trying to take a shot. I was like, my goodness. So and we and when BA came, he kind of like put it in our heads like, like they beat y'all 52 nothing and threw a go ball on y'all with four minutes ago. It was like, how y'all feel about that? For the guys that was on this team last year, how do y'all feel about that? And from that point, I think we only lost there once when B.A. was our head coach. And then ever since beating them guys there, it's always a good feeling. I don't, hey, I don't care what our record is. <laughs> we can go up there and win. Hey, we live in it. <laughs> well, so, so let's go back to LSU. Because I, I know you had some crazy games there. But yeah. what was the best game fan-wise? Like loud, just... Oh, Florida, man. Up. Florida 2009 when Tim Tebow came off the concussion against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It was a close game. They beat us 14, uh, 14 or 14-7, if I'm not mistaken. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, when I say that stadium was so loud, Mac, I literally, you know how you see like a TV screen like blurring, like shaking? Yeah. That's how the, like the field was shaking while we was on the field preparing for a game because he had just came off the concussion and then it was like he ain't practice all week, so we need to be loud as possible. You know how it is getting ready for the big game. We need to be loud as possible. This because we had an earthquake game like in, in the 80s or something like that where the stadium actually shook. Mm-hmm. So like, we got to beat. Like, we got to make this like the earthquake game. You know, we got to make it tough for him, this, that, another. And, Mac, when I say that job was rumbling, boy, oh, my goodness. But the loudest I probably heard the stadium erupt, though, when I felt like I was, like, the god, the, like, the king on campus was against West Virginia when I hit that pose. There you uh, go, that punt return. <laughs> hey, you was a made man when you walked hey, to camps the next day. Uh, I, no no next doubt week. about it, because, like, after that, because I already, like, I think that was, like, the fourth game of the season. And yeah. mind you, I'm already like second in FBS and punt returns and punt return yardage. I just broke the SEC. Well, not, I think I broke the SEC record. I was nine yards short of the SEC record. First game out with like 280 something yard return yards. And like, and after that game, it was like, I, then I started getting like the Heisman pub. Like, you know, it started becoming like big for me. So, you know, I think that game really, really, because uh, I think I, no, I didn't have a pick that game, but I had a couple of PBUs too. But I yeah. think that, that definitely put a, uh, Put a, a, a nice a nice buzz around my name at that time, and from that game on, I probably got man like three clean punt returns. It was like I wasn't getting no more punt returns. They weren't kicking it. To you. <laughs> I no wasn't getting no more punt returns, man. <laughs> no question, no question. Next question for you. So so far, Pat P, man, if you get all of them right, we might have to retire this segment of the show. Has yeah, been. yeah. We might have to retire. Yeah, that's why. Next I like question that. for you. You got two more. <laughs> Let's see if you can get both okay, of them. Talk right. to me. What number? Will former guest of all things covered, J.C. Horn, wear for the Carolina Panthers this season? Number eight. Wow. <laughs> I just saw him post that, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And why, why is he wearing number eight? You know why? That I don't know. I, 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 I did see the captions, but I saw he posted that maybe like three hours ago. Uh, he's honoring Kobe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mumble. Yeah. Mumble mentality. I like that. 
No question. Okay. Last one for you. Malcolm Butler will wear will will wear what number for Arizona? Man, he try, man, I ain't gonna say he's trying to beat me. But he rocking 21. I, okay. He, now he, he rocked 21 uh and well everywhere he been. Everywhere you've been. But well, I, so I, I know it's in good hands, man. He's gonna go out there and get some picks, you know what I mean? Do his thing, represent the number very well. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can tell you this much though, Pat P. A lot of like, Cardinal fans felt some type of way. Oh yeah, what they say, man. And you know, I, I ain't been saying that. What they say? Man, they didn't they didn't like it. They didn't like yeah. it. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. <laughs> I, guess for them it's too, I guess for them it's too soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's too it's too soon to have that number in the secondary already, but they didn't like it. So they 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 backing you, even though you're a Viking now, yeah. they feel some type of way. Man, that's I mean that's love, man. I, I appreciate Arizona, uh the fan base for look uh looking at me in that manner. But I will say this, um never mind, I won't say that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll say what you don't say want to it. say. What are you gonna say? Yeah, what I was gonna say. Some BS. That's what it is. That's what it is. Come on, man. This man gonna be in the ring of honor. You ain't even like what we doing. Yeah, I, all decades. Too last time I checked. Future Hall of Famer. Yeah, man. And they got. Decades. They got some. They. They. Uh, man, I ain't gonna say it, man. I can't say it, man. <laughs> I'm gonna say what you don't want to say. It's BS. You feel me? It is. But, I want to say is. something else, but I ain't gonna. I ain't, gonna I ain't even gonna dive in this conversation. Hey, well, don't worry. You get a chance to tell them how you. You get a chance to show them how you feel. Uh, cause that yeah. schedule coming out tonight, I'm so you get a chance definitely. to, to oh, show it come them. out tonight. Well, but when this when this air, it will oh, come out. Oh man, <laughs> I got excited, man. That's awesome. Hey, <laughs> That's freaking awesome. But I can tell you this much, Pat P. I got my brim on. I tip it to you. You got every one of them right. <laughs> every oh. question right in our Hurt. So hey, this is what we're going to do. we got to go do? to the committee. You see, should we retire this segment, this part of the show? What I and think y'all should do, what I think you? y'all should do is let the let the committee come up with questions. Or let the fans. That's what I'm saying. Let the fans come up with questions. Fans. Send it in. And then we go. Because it can be about anything. It don't have to be about sports. Ooh. You, you ready for that? I'm not. But it's, it's going to be funny. You know what I mean? It's going to be dope. So they're going to get me more up on game. You know what I mean? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So let's okay. keep past Pat Hurd and let's let the fans put in some questions and we'll take the top four. Well, we just got one from a fan just now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who's Jay, who, who is Jennifer Lopez dating right now? Ben Affleck. Dang. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> coming, fans. Yeah. And she okay. used to date Ben Affleck back in the day, and they just decided to rekindle, man. Dang. Mm-hmm. They low. Hey, that boy on fire, man. Ben, a- ben Affleck? Somebody cool me down. <laughs> you on fire. You on fire like Ben is right now. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> well, we're going to have to see what we're going to do. We're going to go to the committee. By no, I like, I like it, man. I think we should keep it going, though. Okay, okay. I think we should keep it going. All right. We're going to keep it going, then. But next week, we're going to have some. we're going to have some tough questions for you, Pat P. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with it. We're getting close to halftime. So make sure you guys stay with us because once we are out of the locker room, we come out of the locker room from halftime, we'll be joined by Teddy Bridgewater. All your Louisville Cardinal fans, Minnesota Viking fans, 
New Orleans Saints fans, Carolina Panthers, Panther fans, and current Denver Bronco fans, make sure you stay tuned. We got a much anticipated conversation with Teddy B. And Pat B, I think this is the first time anyone has heard Teddy Bridgewater talk since getting traded to Denver. So he has yeah, a lot to I say. So. And make sure you stay tuned. But now it's time to jump into seven questions. We had to rebrand 21 questions to seven questions because now Pat P is going back to his high school days, going back to his LSU days, and he's rocking the number seven. So now it's called seven questions. Seven questions is where we get a chance to interact with you, the listeners and the viewers. If you want your question to be answered in the future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we may get to it on this show. We have a question coming from Jerk919. Shout out to Jerk. Thank you for your question, Jerk919. The question is for both of us. What athletes did you look up to in the locker room, and what advice did they give you when times were tough? I always looked up to the quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like, you know, Teddy spoke about, you know, you're pretty much like the CEO of the team. You know, it's a lot of, not pressure, but it's a lot of responsibilities. So, Mm -hmm. and we all know quarterbacks, you know, they may have a bad game or, you know, they may have a bad series. It's all about how you bounce back from and how you handle, you know, certain situations. And, you know, the one I I used to always watch was uh, Carson Palmer. You know, I got Mm -hmm. talked about in my player tribune. He was like one of my favorite teammates of all time. And he was just such a, a cool guy, you know, treated everybody the same way. But at the same time, whenever he did have a, a bad game or not the game that he wanted, you know, he knew what he had to do to go uh, to go back to the drawing boards and, and, and to fix it, you know, versus being like some young guys or other players that are kind of like getting that hole, you know, kind of balled up and run from the fire, you know. You know, quarterbacks always have, especially the good ones, they always have to stand up to the fire. And being a corner, you know, we almost have, almost have the same responsibility now with this league being such a passing league and, uh, you know, pass heavy and, uh, and and being on the island all the time. The rules stacked against us, you know, so so many things can go through throughout just in one play. How are you able to react or bounce back from the negatives? And like mm-hmm. I said, that's why I always like to watch the quarterbacks, you know, seeing how they're moving around, seeing how they preparing, seeing how they treat people and, and how they move around. So, um, you know, the quarterbacks for me are, are the guys uh, that I always looked up to in the locker room. Yeah, good one. That's a good one. Carson Palmer definitely had some real good times out in AZ when he was there rocking with you guys, a stand-up guy, the ultimate professional. For me, I would say... You got some good ones. You got some legends. Uh, <laughs> I'll say I'll say Troy P. Troy yeah. Palomalu. The reason why I looked up to Troy because he was the ultimate professional, a superstar player. But you didn't know he was a superstar. Um, always where he needed to be. He did things the right way. You know what I mean. And he was a guy who led by example, not by voice. Some of the best uh, advice he, he he gave me was to always exercise and display humility. Um. Mm-hmm. Always respect the craft, respect what it means to be a professional, regardless if you're a starter, regardless if you're on the practice squad. Never take for granted someone's role. Never take for granted your role. Um, and, and the thing about Troy, he treated everybody the same. You could be someone who worked in the cafeteria. Uh, you can be someone who 
was part of the security team and the facility. He treated everybody with the utmost respect. And because of that, he was so well liked. So just how he went about his business. And if you spoke to Troy, you never would have known he was the future Hall of Famer that he's getting ready to become this offseason, this August. But he was so, you know, cool, calm. I remember one time uh, he was, uh, so, so uh, Troy, Troy was, Troy used to be weird sometimes. So Troy, Troy had all the fame, all the glory, the earthly, the glory that we would want from players, you know what I mean? Uh, all the money. So Troy had like a Scooby-Doo truck, like the, the, <laughs> the, the Scooby-Doo truck, right? So we used, to, right. we used to joke with Troy all the time, like, man, Troy, stop doing that, man. You tripping, man. Spend something, right? So I remember I was, uh, I, I think I, I didn't drive or something like that to the facility or something was wrong. I, I didn't have my wheels or something like that. So Troy was like, <laughs> Troy said, B-Mac. He's like, hey, B-Mac, uh, you, can borrow the, you can borrow the truck if you want to. I looked. I said, what? He said, yes, here's the keys. You can borrow it. You can drive it. I said, Troy, I'm not driving that Scooby-Doo truck, Troy. I appreciate right. it. I ain't driving. I ain't driving around Pittsburgh in that Scooby Doo truck. He said, "Huh? What do you right. mean?" I said, I'm, "I'm not driving that truck." Troy. <laughs> I said, "I'm gonna wait. I'm not. I'm said, not huh? riding that truck." What do you mean? Yeah, you know, Troy doesn't start sounding like little Mike Jack, little Mike Jackson. No, <laughs> like, we used to call him Baby Jesus. So so soft spoken. What do you mean? Like he, hey, so Pat Pete, he come to the sideline. Like we probably have like two series right that we didn't participate in. He he'd be like, "Hey Ike, what did you get in this formation?" <laughs> okay like this is the flow of the game we're on the sideline so you know right. people cussing people talking loud right. he acting like he in the library he'd be like hey b-mac what did you get in this formation i'm like i think i got a dig right he'd be like okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> like, what the, like, so we're like what this man doing what baby, what baby jesus doing because every right. sideline he ain't doing nothing but praying all day he yeah. praying uh-huh. hey the next series they come out in the same formation he gonna get, pick. He, he gonna get it Oh, no doubt about it. Oh, you see his hair. That's all you see his hair. <laughs> Either Lying. diving for it or jumping no over the dog off his alignment to make a, a sack on the quarterback. <laughs> you be like, boy, baby Jesus, don't strike again, boy. We want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at All Things Covered Pod. Each week we give clues for our next guest, and the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. So we have to shout out. Andrew Brady Johnson and Jack White 3479, who guessed Fred Taylor within seconds of, of each other last week. So because of that, we decided to give both of both of them a shout out. Andrew Brady Johnson and Jack White 3479. Uh, again, follow us at All Things Covered Pod for the very, very best content from the show. Now, it's halftime for us, but on the other side of the break, we'll be joined by Denver Broncos quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Stay tuned. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Yo, we back from halftime. You guys know how we roll. Coming out of the locker room, we like to make some big-time adjustments. And for us, 
We know defense win championships, but offense definitely brings style points because they put points on the scoreboard. So we had to make an addition to our offense. We had to go out and get a top-level quarterback. We told you guys in the beginning of the show, we had a high-character guy, top-level quarterback, join us on the show, All Things Covered, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, and he's here. Miami Northwestern. Throw your bulls up. I think that's how they do it, yeah. Pat. I don't yeah. know. You got to throw, throw your bulls up. My, yeah. Miami Northwestern alum, Louisville alum, Denver Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater joining us here on the show, All Things Covered. Teddy B, thank you for joining us. How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me. Just sitting back kicking in South Florida right now, man. Yes, sir. No question. We see you. We see you. So you talk about <laughs> South Florida. You know, before you became a Cardinal, before you became a Viking, a Saint, a Panther, and now in Bronco, you know, you started off down in Miami. You know what I mean? And you once tweeted out, Teddy B, the first degree I got was from the streets. I majored in surviving Liberty City and Opalaka. What did it take to earn a degree, as you call it, from the streets of Liberty City and Opalaka? I think, man, what it took was just making all the right decisions. Where I grew up at, you know, there's so much going on that you can easily get into. And I've seen so many guys, man, who had more talent than me or guys before me who, you know, fell victim to, you know, the circumstances. And it just all fell back on your decision-making. It's so easy to make the wrong decision, you know what I mean? Especially right. when when all your peers and, and, the, and the ones around you are doing all the wrong things, you know, that's the easy route. And it is the hard thing to do is go the opposite way because you're going to be looked at funny, oh, man, you tripping this, this, and that. And, you know, you just got to look in the mirror and tell yourself what you want to be in life, ask yourself what you want to be in life and try to go places. Right. Yeah, we all, like you talked about, you down there, hanging down there in South Florida. We All three of us on this show is from that area. Um, but And I had opportunity to be in the high school football world in 2007 in the Atlantic recently called the 2007 Northwestern team the best high school ever. First <laughs> ever. of all, I didn't even know you were the receiver, first of all. And a backup <laughs> quarterback to my boy, uh, Janoris uh, Harris. I'm sorry, Ja'Cory Harris. Yeah. How special was it, you know, being a young guy on that squad, you know, being with 26 players on uh, on uh, that played on D1 rosters, eight seniors signed with Miami, seven players made, wow. to, made it to the league. How, how special was that, being on that team right, as I'm a young kid? I'm I'm a... I'm a give you a secret. So I was a freshman. So I, I didn't play on that team. I was in the school I was with. Okay. And what happened, so this is a story that nobody really knows. So I was a freshman okay. and I ended up playing for Bunch Park. Literally, I was still playing Little League because I wasn't going to stay at Northwestern. So oh. I was going to transfer to Pace. Yeah, I was going to transfer to Pace because I was a baseball guy. So mm. Kayvon Webster, I grew up, yeah. So me and Kayvon Webster, brother, best friend, his name Paul Webster. So Kayvon was at Pace. And um, Kayvon was like, man, just come to, you know, come to Pace, reunite with, with your bunch park guys. And so I was going to Pace. And as I got ready to go to Pace, Northwestern was like, nah, man, we want you to play quarterback. Ja'Cory leaving, you know, you're going to come right in. So Ja'Cory was still in the building that spring, but, you know, he was getting ready to go to school. So I had a little time with him. But like you said, I started out at receiver, honestly. And I didn't even want to play quarterback until I realized that I get to touch the ball every play. So. Yeah, that's how that felt. That's how that played out. But just, you know, being in the schoolhouse with those guys, man, you watch how those guys carry themselves. They were they were stars, man. They and they knew it. Yeah. Um, you know, they carried themselves a certain way. And they also motivated me to to want to follow their, their footsteps. You know, I was committed to Miami at one point and I wanted mm -hmm. to be like those guys. Those guys went to college early. 
uh, they graduated high school early and went to college early. So I said, hey, those guys did it. Why can't I? So it was just good having, you know, that motivation in front of me. Yo, Teddy B, for, for our listeners and viewers that are watching us on YouTube and listening to us on the podcast, they might not be as familiar with Miami Northwestern at 2017, but give them a few names that they may recognize. They can kind of, you know, turn that light switch on for them that was a part of that 2017, like Pat mentioned, that the athletic, they're calling that 07 Miami Northwestern football team probably the best ever in the country. Yeah. See, me, I'm going to start with my favorite player ever, Sean Spence. Um, mm-hmm. yes, Sean Spence. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I knew Sean since Little League. He played at Bunch Parks also. So he he was number five. He was always my favorite player growing up. Uh, you got a Super Bowl champion, Levante David, uh, with Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, Ja'Cory Harris, who uh, went on to UM, Brandon Washington. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Tom, the big old Tommy, you guys had? He was in the same. Yeah, that, I can't think of his name. Big Marcus. Yeah, that's, Big Marcus. That's, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Marcus, Marcus Forston. Oh, Forston. Marcus Forston. Forston. Yeah. Yep, yep, Marcus yeah, Forston. He ended up, uh, I think he got drafted by the Patriots late. Tommy Screeter was a wide receiver. He got yep. drafted by Baltimore. Got a Super Bowl ring with them. I'm trying to think of who else. Kendall Tompkins. He went to Miami as well. Uh, he played mm-hmm. in Canada. So it's a small wow. list of the guys right there. Yeah. No question. No question. And talking about your your, your high school days, uh, we need we need you to break down this uh, super strength <laughs> right, performance that was caught on video uh, some years ago that went viral. Actually, uh, you decided to return to your high school alma mater and the band. And of course, you know you're from South Florida. You know you in the Southern states. You know high school bands are important. No doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my, Miami <laughs> Northwestern has always been known to have a pretty nice band. But let's break down that super strut that you decided to join uh, the band. <laughs> and, 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 and is there a possibility, Teddy B, you know, this upcoming season, throw three or four touchdowns in the ball game after one of your touchdowns, you can give us a super strut <laughs> as a celebration as well. Hey, you know, each year I try to come up with something new. So I might just hit up Miss Miss Young. She's a choreographer and instructor of the uh, Dances at Miami Northwestern to see what she okay. got yeah. for this season. You know? <laughs> yeah, make that happen. Make that happen. Dude, but tell me about that super strut. You went viral, man. You, yeah, you know, we don't really see you too much in in, in the media when it comes right, to right. social media, but yeah. you went viral after that strut. Nah, man, it was just one of those deals. You know, I was in New Orleans that year, um, had a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like paying attention. I always pay attention to what's going on in Miami. Right. You know, that's how I re- that's how I reset during the season. I you know check in with everyone back home on Mondays, and next thing you know, I turn the chapter. So that one week, man, I was just on Instagram. I think, and you know, you hear Miss Young in the background. She's gassing the girls up. <laughs> they breaking it down, <laughs> and it's usually after halftime. Like the band, of, you know, had their little performance on the track. So the girls are doing a walk, and one day I was just like, man, I'm gonna come down and do that walk with y'all. And she was like, you serious? I was like, yeah. So. We got to the game. I think we had like a, a bye week or something. I was at the game. I'm like, man, I'm going to do it. And she didn't even know. I just jumped in the line with the girls after halftime and just started doing it. The fans, everyone was just cheering, going crazy, man. It was funny. Hey, no, nah, you crushed that. Hey, I got a, I got a question for you. This, I think this happened two years ago. What made you ride a bike 75 miles, I think it was? <laughs> just one of those deals where I was I was cycling heavy in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just wanted to stay active. Uh, it was actually last year. Oh, okay. I think that's when everything, or well, it might have been two yeah. years. I don't know. But 
I saw it. I was like, man, that that, that dude crazy, man. Because the most I ever yeah, done was yeah. 35. 75, yeah, you, that's a haul. You, you rode it from what? Miami to Palm Beach, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we rode the Palm. So, man, the, the thing about that, man, so we were like, we're going to ride up. No, actually, uh, we were going to catch the train up to Palm Beach. Mm. So we're going to catch the train from Opelika to Palm Beach and ride back with the wind. Mm-hmm. So whoever whoever decided that we was gonna ride at that time on the train didn't know the train schedule, so uh, we had the train schedule wrong. So that's why we ended up riding up and catching the train okay. back. But we ended up riding into the wind, and everything seventy five miles. Oh, it was yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, How long I, did it take you guys? I think it was like seven hours. Yeah, I, uh, it might have been five or seven. One of those. Okay. But, and I think the the thing was, man, we didn't really know what we were doing. You know, like <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you just ride because you you know we skilled and stuff like that. But right. we didn't realize how you can ride in the pack to cut the wind and stuff like that. So right, was that the longest you ever rode? Yeah, that was the longest. But those I guys, man, so. yeah, those guys, man, it's a group, uh, local local group called Breaking yeah. the Cycle. Okay. And, uh, man, those guys on road to Orlando. Damn. They ride, man. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. They don't. That, hey, that's hey, that, that's three hundred and seventy miles right there, Jack. Man, hey. <laughs> from down from where we from, getting Orlando hey. is almost about three hours, about two hours and forty five. Yeah, <laughs> riding on a bike. Who even that? Yeah. Don't even make sense. Oh, man, no chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why? Why Louisville? We know you was a four star recruit, six quarterback in your class. You had offers from UM, Florida, and Tennessee. Why? Why Louisville? Man, when I was committed to Miami, I realized how how rigged up the recruiting thing is, man. Yeah. From from a ranking standpoint, because when I was committed to Miami, man, they they moved me to a five star. Uh, I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Then when I <laughs> they dropped me back down to a four star, so I'm like, all right, I see what it's all about. But yeah. now, uh, Miami had fired Randy Shannon, and mm-hmm. my, Randy grew up with my mom in Bunch Bar, Opelika. Okay. They went to high school. They went to New Orleans. He went to school with my aunt. He, he used to talk, uh, talk about my aunt all the time. She was a bad athlete. And um, when they fired Randy, I was like, man, I wanted to see what direction they was going to go in. And I didn't really like the direction they went in. So I was like, man, I got to go somewhere that's you know going to benefit me. And that's going to give me an opportunity to just change a, change a culture, change a program. Because I knew like I had the ability to just affect people. And right. if I could be around the right people, that it would bring out my best quality, which is affecting people. And uh, Louisville just gave me the opportunity to not only come up there and play early, but shoot, we had like twelve guys in my recruiting class from South Florida. Mm-hmm. Then the next wow. year, they yeah. Then the next year, they asked me, "Hey, who we need to get?" So they they really had me involved with everything that was going on. And then also, you know, I needed some structure in my life as well. Uh, I grew mm-hmm. up with just my mom, and I knew that Charlie Strong and Coach Hurt, Clint Hurt. He was at Miami, actually. He recruited me. So I knew that, man, those guys would give me some good structure and some good guidance and ended up working out for them in the long run. Uh, no doubt. It definitely paid off for you. Uh, and there's a trend of South Florida quarterbacks that go to Louisville that ultimately become the 32nd pick in the draft. Right? <laughs> Something that both you and Lamar Jackson, you know, have in common. Uh, what is your response, knowing Lamar as a, as a former Cardinal as well, and seeing what he's been able to do in the National Football League. But what is your response to some of the criticism that he gets for his playing style? Man, at the end of the day, Lamar just got to be Lamar and continue to be Lamar. Mm. That's what got him to this point. I think what happens, man, we we think that we got we to gotta change and we, we think that we got to change and change who we are. And, and that's where we go wrong. Mm. Like, I, and I, I can, you know, I'm a testament to that because 
look at my pro day shoot. I decided to go out there and throw without gloves and trying to prove to them, you know, something that I didn't even have to. And, you know, I go 30 seconds. Who knows if I would have went first or whatever, but just trying to prove people wrong, man, like it, it, it does something to you. It lights a fire, but at the same time, you got to be yourself in the process. Man. As long as Lamar keeps being Lamar, he going to be all right. You know, everything going to fall in place for him. Right. And Speaking I of that glove thing, that, 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 that glove situation during your pro day, what was that all about? Because I never got the backstory about the pro day and the throwing with gloves. Because nowadays we see quarterbacks throwing gloves all the time. Yeah, you know, I played with I played with Big Ben. I played a year with Kurt Warner. They used to throw up gloves all the time. So what right. was that situation? What was that story behind that? No, nah, so what happened, man, when I was in high school, I didn't really wear the gloves. Only reason I wore gloves in high school was because I would be going back and forth from receiver to quarterback. Didn't have yeah. time to change them. So when I came back home, I was training at IMG for my combine training. And you know, it's hot in South Florida. So I'm back in South Florida. The ball feels good in my hand, and I'm ripping it without the gloves. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to just go to pro day. And I've been training without them down here uh, in Bradenton, so I'm going to just go do the pro day without it. So I get to the pro day. For one, the football that I had wasn't broke in at all. And then That's a no-no. Quarterback, yeah, take that. Yeah. <laughs> Need them pictures, yeah, so, Daddy. Man, come on, man. <laughs> so, yeah, the ball, the balls are slick, man. So, you know, I was like, dang, man. I ain't want to just put the gloves on halfway through the workout because then it will have been talked about as well. So I just went out yeah. there and just said, man, you know what? Hey, this is a decision I made. I got to live with it. Whatever happens, going to happen. And, you know, I felt bad, you know, for some of the guys that were running routes and stuff because I had guys in the diving making crazy catches at a pro day that you, you don't usually see. So, right. but, you know, like I said, it was a decision that I made. I stuck with it and, you know, I learned from it. Right. And, well, after getting – going back to Lamar, first of all, Lamar's a winner, so they can they can criticize right. him all they want, man. No, <laughs> uh, question. no after question. Getting, after getting drafted to the, uh, to the Vikings, uh, what was your first impressions of Minnesota and do you have any advice for him? Man, shit, I um, it was cold, man. <laughs> hey, man, it was cold. Like you gotta, you gotta make sure you get you a nice North Face jacket or something, man. That cold hit different out there. But <laughs> one thing I can say, man, like the people out there, they super nice, man. They love the Vikings. They love their players on the Vikings. And um, you know, my time there, I got injured, but. You know, I had some of my best years there just because I became a man there. And um, that city embraced me, embraced my family. Um, shoot, the restaurants are nice. Yeah. You know, it's a nice city, man. We we played the uh, um, last season. That was my first time going back there since I had left. Well, since I was with the Vikings in 2018 or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. just to see the change in that city and the culture, uh, it, looks, it looks unbelievable. So um, I say just have a nice jacket. And wherever you stay at, make sure you got a heated garage. Oh, I do, man. man. I and, do. <laughs> man, I had, hey, yo, I learned, I learned my rookie year. I had a little house, man. And, you know, you got to wake up five o'clock now to, to start the car to let it run for like 30 minutes so it can heat up. <laughs> and, and one time, man, I ended up running out of gas in the cold. Oh. And, and yeah, you got, you got to keep a quarter tank of gas in your car always. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. That's yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <no question. laughs> hey Teddy B, where was your confidence at after year two? You guys won the division and you made the Pro Bowl. Man, it was it was an all time high. You mm-hmm. know, going into that that off season, man, I had my guys. We we were down in Orlando, with Tom Shaw, 
like two weeks, just getting out there, mm-hmm. winning the training camp, and we we were rolling. And then you know everything happened how it happened. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of that, you know how everything happened. August the thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Uh, what will that date forever mean to you? Um, honestly, I forget what day it was all the time, man. Yeah. You know, I'm only reminded when you know it's brought up because to me, man, it's just another day. You know that. I was above earth and, and mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to learn a lesson that day mm-hmm. and I learned how tough I am, you know? So each day, man, I try to find little lessons to learn and, and little nuggets to take away. So, you know, August, you said August 30th, 2016. August 30th, 2016. Yeah. 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 You know, it was, I, I'll say it was the start of me finding my purpose. Uh-huh. And what I'm, what I mean by that is, you know, we play this game and sometimes we get lost in this lifestyle. We get lost in the game. Right. And me being away from the game really helped open my eyes and made me realize that, man, you know, no matter if I'm in uniform or not, you know, I get the same 24 hours as the man mopping floors for a living, you know, as the person bagging groceries for a living. So it gave me a different view on life. Like, man, no matter what's going on, I got 24 hours. I got to maximize it. And, you know, that's how I approach every day now. Right. Did you think your career was over? Like when it happened? And then the after effect, knowing exactly what happened. Did you think it was like a rap for me or what, what was going through your mind? Yeah, I, I thought it was over. I was there. Really? Yeah. yeah, man. I Like when I went down, I think the first thing I said was go get my phone. <laughs> and really? I, but I said that because I, I needed to just text my mom and uh-huh. tell her to get the praying because she's one of my prayer warriors. And okay. I, I tell everybody, I feel like God answered all her prayers. So, yeah, man. you know, I, I told her to get the praying for me and, you know, I was right. I was down there, man, just looking at my leg, I was yelling. You see the guys throwing helmets and, you know, just screaming and all type of stuff, coach sunning everybody in. And I really thought it was over when I was in the back of the ambulance headed to the hospital. And I was in the mm-hmm. back with the tra- with the trainer. You know, he was asking me questions. He was like, man, can you feel your foot? Is, how, how's it feeling? I was like, I can feel my foot, but the feeling's starting to go away. Mm-hmm. And he just... He he screamed at the driver. He was like, man, speed this fucking car up and all of this and that. <laughs> and that right there showed me, you know, how serious it might have been. Like, man. Mm. And then I didn't realize until I woke up after they put it back in place that, you know, I could have uh, suffered from nerve damage and a uh, wow. possibility to drop foot and had to eventually get my leg amputated or whatever. Whoa. Wow. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know that, <laughs> that was a possibility. Yeah. What was the routine yeah. like for you to get back? Man, so it was, it was a two-part series, man, um, because after the surgery up until – so I got the surgery in September, mm-hmm. and all the way to, like, November, man, it was a struggle because I couldn't I couldn't bend my knee. And I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, the, the tough part about it was that, you know, I'm, I'm doing the therapy with the team, and, okay, we started out, like, 5-0 and that year, something like that. So, you know, therapy is going well, and we ended up losing, like, five in a row. And you know how that is. Like, guys get injured, you're losing, so pressure's on the training room. And I come in the training room, and, man, the trainer would just be cranking on my knee, cranking. And I'm like, yo, I can't bend my knee. Like, you, you doing all this cranking. He's like, come on, man, you can push. And I'm like, nah, yo, I, I can't. And we had to – and I ended up – going to get another MRI and I had some bone calcification on the inside which was yeah which was preventing me from bending my knee past like 50 degrees or 60 degrees 
So that was that was the struggle. And then like in November around my birthday or whatever, I went down to Dallas, saw Dr. Cooper, and we cleaned it up. And from there, it was smooth selling, man. It was just more so getting to that end range and trying to hold those and strengthen those positions. And um, you know, it's been a smooth process. So like, and when you see particular gruesome injuries like you know Dak Prescott and Alex Smith, do you do you grow any interest in those uh, in their comebacks? Yeah, definitely because. You know, just being a person who, you know, had a comeback himself uh, is inspiring to me as well. You know, even though I have my story, you know, just to follow those guys' journey because, you know, we all relate in in some way. And, you know, yeah, we talk about the comeback, but, you know, just guys getting injured in general. But since we're on the topic of just guys having a comeback, yeah, you know, you definitely become a a bigger fan of those guys because you know what it took, you know, or you know, you know, somewhat of what it took for that person to get back you know about those dark days those struggles those days where you want to just throw in a towel like you know what it's like so you, you become a huge fan when they when they eventually come back from that right yeah and after a lengthy com- uh, comeback process you know a quick stint with the jets you get traded to the new orleans saints home of the beignets home of the beignets <laughs> you know what was the biggest thing you learned from sean payton and drew Brees during your time there in new orleans and when I my my two years there, it taught me the the real meaning of of valuing you know your process and 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 honing in on your process. Man, I watched. I tell everybody, I watched Drew Brees be the same guy for two years straight. I'm talking about eat breakfast at a certain time, chew his bacon a certain way, <laughs> bite his, <laughs> hey bite his sunflower seeds a certain way in the meeting room, take a pee break at a certain time. Like man, this guy, he was like so routine, and and that just it, it meant a lot to me because I was still a young guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I only played two years for real. And, you know, I was always just like, man, I'm from South Florida. I just got damn ball, do whatever. And just watching those guys, you know, how they operate, it really gave me a different insight and a different view. And, like, I was able to just, you know, take little bits and pieces from what Drew did and apply it to, you know, my career, and it's been working for me. So did Drew, used, you- to pop, so did Drew used to pop into the defensive back meetings room like you did too? <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> I think, man, that, that's just something with me, man. I always just, like, cope well with defensive backs. Like, when I was in Minnesota, I had Terrence Newman, and I just go to T. New. And, you know, those guys see the game like quarterbacks sometimes. Right. So, And, you know, you guys, you study the quarterback. So right. mm-hmm. I talk to T. New all the time. Hey, T. New, what you saw right here? If I'm throwing quick game, hey, T. New, what you saw? He'd be like, hey, man, I just saw fast drop, man. Ball's coming out quick or something else. I'd be like, team, what, what, what can give me a hint right here that is certain coverage? He's like, just learning what man coverage truly was, you know, Terrence Newman explained it to me. He's like, man, you don't know if it's man coverage when you break the huddle. When the DB right. get to the line, if he pressed his eyes on a uh, receiver, he got him in man. You know, right. now if he's, if he's pressing his eyes on you, he might be two male. You know, it's just little nuggets that you take and run with. So, um, when I was in New Orleans, I just pop in with those guys. Von Bell was my guy when he was there. Mm-hmm. Marshawn and Doug Williams, Williams, man, Marcus Williams. Like those those guys, for one, they were younger than me, so I knew that I could just give those guys some insight on what quarterbacks are thinking. And then, you know, I just tell them, too. I challenge them when we go to practice. Like, hey, man, I'm going to throw a bomb over y'all. Like I had uh, another South Florida guy, Tommy Lee, when we were out there. We used to call it Go Deep ENT. Cause all we oh, Tommy Lee had them, had them wheels, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can go. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, I, I just go. took a lot of pride. I took a lot of pride in just you know trying to help those defensive backs. Cause at the end of the day, man, if they on the same page, then man, defense rolling. Hey Teddy, I got a two part question for you. You know, looking at the road back for you getting healthy, everything you went through in your early part of your career, uh, then get an opportunity to be a full time starter in Carolina. Pair him back up with Joe Brady, who was there with you, uh, who knew about you in New Orleans, of course. Uh, what did that mean to you? And the second part of the question, do you think you had a fair opportunity there in Carolina? You know, it was great, man, getting back with Joe. I watched Joe draw cards and and get cussed up <laughs> by Drew Brees if the defense wasn't giving the right look. <laughs> so just to see him, man, you know, the growth and, and the journey that he's been on within two to three years, man, it's amazing. Uh, it was great just reuniting with him. He's another South Florida boy, man. So, yep. you know, uh, it was great to see one, you know, one of us, you know, um, from South Florida, you know, in a position of power like that. Um, and then, man, with the the whole deal in Carolina, it is what it is to be, man. Um, I told him, you know, once the season ended that I wear big boy draws, man, and, yeah. and I understand the nature of this business mm. and it's a performance-based business. And, you know, yeah, I could sit up here and say, okay, Christian got hurt or we didn't have this, didn't have that, but that's not me. You know, right. I look in that mirror and I say, hey, you got to tighten up. You know, right. so it's, you know, little things, you know, that I could have done better. And, you know, as an organization, it's things that, you know, you can do better as well. But I think, man, I'll just say this for, for Joe Brady's growth. I think, man, like that organization, they'll have to like just practice different things you know, in, in, in different ways. Um, like one of the things we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two minute really. We didn't practice red zone, you know, what? so. It was the most yeah. important thing. What? You used to have a whole, a whole day devoted for two minute yeah. in red zone. That's Thursday like, practice. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I guess the game is becoming about science, you know, and yeah. trying to keep guys healthy. So yeah. like, you, you didn't practice on Fridays there, but you walk through like the red, you walk through the red zone stuff. And then Saturday you come out and practice red zone, but you only get like 15 live reps and guys oh, reps are limited. Kind of yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's the, that's the unknown, but you know, I'm, I'm a pro man. <laughs> I, I could sit up here and throw all of that. I, Throw all of that out there, but at the end of the well, day, that won't get me nowhere, man. So I'm, I'm but, hey, appreciative that I had the opportunity. You know, I just keep it moving. I'm in Denver now. Hey, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Hey, Teddy, you, you the ultimate professional. I applaud <laughs> that. You the ultimate professional. But me, I'm a fan, <laughs> and I'm in the media. So yeah, yeah they, you didn't get treated fairly in, in Carolina. I'm gonna say what you don't want to say or what you probably can't say because I'm watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it real with you. So let, let me break this down for you, Teddy B, as you already know. Let me break yeah. it down for the people listening to us and the people that's watching us on YouTube. Teddy B, Carolina Panther, overall record was 4-11. and 11. Granted, like he said, wasn't ideal. But the best, one of the best offensive weapons in the National Football League in CMC, Christian McCaffrey, only participated in three ball games. Teddy B numbers. I had, to do the, I had to do the research, but I had Teddy B. I knew Teddy B was coming on. I'm like, I wanted to talk about this Carolina thing, but I know I can't really talk to him. He can't talk to me, so I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> Teddy B, your numbers last year, Pat P, listen to these numbers. Teddy B numbers last year was 3,735 yards, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, completed 69% of his passes. Now, the guy they replaced Teddy Bridgewater with 
and Sam Darnold, no knock on Sam, he's a great guy, I believe, but I'm just based on talking about numbers. Mm-hmm. He was two and 10 in 12 starts. His completion percentage was 59%. He threw for 2,208 yards, nine touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. So in 12 starts, he had below below average numbers. And this is the guy they replaced you with. I'm not going to ask you, was it right? Was it not right? I understand, but I can tell you what I think. No, that's what he had. How you get replaced from a guy who was bad, bad. And it's safe to say, I'm going to say what you can't say, Teddy B. It's safe to say, Pat P, if Christian McCaffrey was in uniform for more yeah. than three ball games, about it. everything yeah, would look better. Yeah, because that opened the up. The offense would have been offense yeah. would have been flowing. Play action, screen game. Play action. Uh, yeah, oh, you yeah. Know, man, you ain't got CMC in the back of you. Nah. We're not concerned about no run game. We ain't concerned about no run game. Yeah, I think the three games he played in, like we was averaging 30 a game too. So yeah. you know, but man, I like for me. <laughs> no, for me, man, I, I look at it like this, man. Like, so my my whole life, man, like I moved a lot growing up. So I moved from neighborhood to neighborhood. And I think the way I was brought up has prepared me for, you know, everything that I'm going through right now, man. Like no question. Been, that knee injury. Like, that knee injury. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's it's like preparing me for, you know, each stop. You know, I'm I'm there to leave my mark. And for me in Carolina, I feel like I left my mark the way, you know, I made. I feel like I left my mark in a certain way. Like the way I looked at it, man. I told Curtis Samuel, like, man, look, I want to get you paid. He got paid. He had a career. He got paid. You know, Robbie Anderson had his first one thousand yard season in his career. DJ Moore had most yards in his career. Mike Davis, you know, over a thousand yards flying the scrimmage. So, you know, the way I look at it, like, man, it's a win for me. Like, yeah, okay, you know, they traded me, whatever. But, man, I left a mark with those guys that I wanted to. So, you know, now that I'm in Denver, man, I'm excited for what's in store for me. And don't forget, Teddy B, I'm going to say what you don't want to say. You still get the same amount of money you were supposed to get in (laughs) Carolina because they eating most of that salary. And Denver going to pick it up on the back end. And yeah. now you get right, you get another opportunity. If you do what you're supposed to do, right. jump right back at the table, get you a <laughs> yeah. plate, get yeah. you a little spoon. Yeah, that's what exactly. I was about to tell you. <laughs> Obviously, with you, uh, you know, defeating so many odds in your career, like what are some of your current goals you have set, like at this point for your career? Because obviously you're going to be a free agent next year again. Uh, at, uh, and I'm sorry, you're going to be a free agent next, next year, March. Yeah, I haven't sat down yet. And then this you know, wrote down, you know, my goals for this year. You know, I'll probably do that right before training camp. Okay. But um, like I said, man, just looking back at last year, I feel like I accomplished a lot of what I wanted to do, you know, as an individual. Uh, you know, the ultimate goal as a team when you play team sports is to win. So, of course, you know, I want to win. I'm used to winning. But, um, you know, from an individual standpoint, like I talked to Robbie the other night at his birthday dinner, and I just told him, like, hey, you know, we got to a thousand now, you know, I'm not there, but you can still do it. And, right. you know, you can be right back to the table. So, you know, I, I, I really get a, a, a thrill from seeing others around me succeed because, man, good man. If they, yeah, if they, if they succeed, then I mean, I'm doing something right as well. So. No question. No question. And when you look at the current ball club you're a part of, you know, how 
are you handling the Broncos and the Aaron Rodgers rumors? You know what I mean? Hearing his name associated with the Broncos potentially trying to be traded there. Uh, how are you handling that? You know, honestly, man, I, I really don't be knowing what's going on in sports until somebody brings it to my attention. Like, I, I don't do Instagram. I don't do Twitter. You know, if I do, I got all personal pages, so I don't have to see any of that. But, um, you know, it's one of those deals where, like I said, man, I'm in Denver right now. I'm excited for this opportunity that I got. You know, whatever happens is going to happen. You know, all I can control is showing up to work every day and being a pro. For a person like myself, I always tell people, man, I ain't even supposed to be in this position. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm going to make the best of wherever I'm at. So I'm in Denver you right now. You already won. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm ready to go. Like, you know, I'm motivated like never before. Man, we should have we should add hey Pat P. We got a has Pat heard in our show. We should add has Teddy heard. Teddy Teddy say, yeah, <laughs> hey Pat P the same way. Pat P don't be knowing nothing about what's going on in sports. <laughs> if it ain't dealing yeah. with golf or them babies he got, he don't be knowing nothing. <laughs> don't try to hey, la- yeah. Last question for you, Teddy, before we transition to the superlative part of our show. Quarterback competition between you and Drew Locke. Vic Vangio is high on you. What do do you need to do to earn that starting job, Jim? And do you expect to earn that starting job? Man, for me, it's just I got to go in there and be Teddy. <laughs> just like I said, Lamar, I got to keep being Lamar. I just got to be Teddy. I think that's my biggest strength, just being Teddy. And being Teddy means, you know, showing up with the right mindset and being the guy that I am off the field. But when I get on the field, being Teddy also, just completing the football to my guys. That's my strength. I mean, Pat P got one on me last year, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, oh, yeah, but, Pat, you did, yeah. You was in yeah, cover yeah, two, right, he got, Yeah, he, he rolled back the cover two, a little invert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only reason I got it, though, because the pressure got to you, because yeah, yeah. you saw me the whole way, because you was looking <laughs> at me the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> he had to but, try to get that yeah. thing out, out of his hand. Hey, yeah, yeah. Man, they ended up rolling the coverage and all that, but like I said, man, it's just throwing the ball in my guys man making the right decisions playing in rhythm like when I'm doing that I'm at my best um and so I was able to complete 69 percent of my passes last year I was trying to stay at 70 but um you were there you know yeah that, that's my that's my my strength just completing the ball to my guys and when I get there and I can do that man and just continue to help the quarterback room at the same time like yeah it's a competition but at the same time you know Drew's a young guy who's gonna, who's got a lot of football you know, in him. So rather, you know, I'm just in the motivating him, teaching him while we're competing, you know, is all going to help the room. So um, I'm excited this opportunity that I just get to, you know, go make an impact somewhere else. And this time is Denver. You got some nice guys to catch your passes, though. You got Noah Fant. You got Jerry Judy, the cockroach killer. He run that out route. It's like he stepped on the cockroach. Uh, you got Hamler. Uh, yeah. Is Sutton still out there? Cortland Sutton? Yeah. 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 Big Sutton. Big Sutton go when he healthy as well. Big you, you got some you got some guns. You got some guns yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you said you said the most important thing though, man. You got a tight end. You know, yeah. No offense. <laughs> yeah, man. He can go. A lot of people yeah, a lot of people don't realize how valuable those tight ends are. Yes, I tell people I, I tell people I tell people I say, man, receivers get you to the red zone, but tight ends score in the red zone. Right. No question. You know? So, no question. That's that's yeah. how you really can you know you can tell you talking talking football with someone when they mention tight ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tight for us. No, dude. And, and 
Hey, Pat P, you can you probably feel the same way I, I feel. I don't want to play against an athlete tight end. No, no. That, that's a matchup <laughs> nightmare for us. Yeah, no right. doubt. <laughs> you can't put a corner on it. You can't put a back on it. You can't put a safety on it. Man, that's a matchup nightmare. But you got you one in, in Denver, so we can't wait to see uh, how it all shakes out for you. Let's transition to the superlative part of the show. So what we're going to do is, Teddy B, we're going to hit you with rapid-fire questions. I want your honest, unbiased answer. So we're going to send some pressure at you and see how you handle this pressure. You know what I mean? We're going to invert the curvatures a little bit. First question for you. I heard you're a big-time Miami Heat fan. It only makes sense you're from Dade County. Give me your Miami Heat, Mount Rushmore. All right. I'm going with Zoe, D-Wade. Uh, all right. Hey, I ain't really a history major. How many people on Mount Rushmore? Four. All right. We got four. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. You got two. You gave Zoe, me two. Zoe, D-Wade, LeBron. Okay. That's three. And I'm going to go Tim Hardaway. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going Tim Hardaway. Yeah. I want, I want to put one. Shaq, but I'm going to go Tim Hardaway. Yeah, Tim, yeah. Tim, that's a good one for Tim. Uh, yeah. Your favorite college football memory, uh, you beat uh, University of Florida and University of Miami in your final two bowl games. Uh, my favorite moment from the games or which one? Not just fav- your favorite moments in general because you beat your home, uh, your, home t- uh, your home state team. Uh, you know, it's crazy as it sounds, man. My, my favorite moment was the, the Gators game when I got, when I got smacked by Bostick. Oh yeah, on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, my helmet rolled like fifteen yards. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I say that because man, I tell people all the time. I say, man, I got up, and you know, when you're talking to your dogs and all that. Like, man, he tried me. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so that that was my mindset when I got up. Like, oh, he really just tried me on national TV. Like, my family back home watching this, so I can't lay down. So that that was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> okay, all right, we're gonna hit you with a little a little nickel blitz. Start, sit, cut. All right, Adrian Peterson, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. <laughs> Start, sit. Cut. All right. <laughs> I'm starting AD. I got to start AD. Okay. A- A- okay, AP. Uh, I'm a Somebody going to sit. I'm, Somebody going to get cut. Yeah, I'm going I'm to sit AK. Okay. I'm sit AK, and I got to cut Christian. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, was, that was tough. That's tough. <laughs> that was tough. I mean, I, I really, I really, I really want to start AK. Cause AD man, that boy hands like. Hey, hey, coach, coach said one time, man, you got hands like snakes. He's like man, coach, snake don't have any hands. He said exactly. Exactly. <laughs> man, the boy. AD ain't catching no flat route. He no, no, no flat, no route. flat route, no screen, no swing, <laughs> none of that. <laughs> but hey, but he gonna run that duo and that that lead draw. Oh yeah, then that yeah, like that twenty-two double. That's his go-to right there. That's it. So he gonna he gonna he, he gonna help the play action game. No doubt about All right. it. Yeah. AP Kamara and you cut uh cut and CMC. Cut, All right, we got you. Yeah. Last one before we let you go. Best restaurant you spent your birthday at. We heard that you spent your uh, you celebrated at Olive Garden for your twenty eighth birthday. But well, what the Olive best, Garden. What is the best yeah, restaurant? Yeah, I did. Oh man, man, I don't even remember the restaurants that I've been to. I'm 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 going to Olive Garden though. Yeah. <laughs> you, what you get? Hey, what you get when you go to Olive Garden? I just go for the bread and salad. 
salad, he hey, that, hey, that's how I used to be in middle school at Red Lobster, yeah. man. That bread and water. Right. That, yeah. that, that, cheese, that cheese bread at Red Lobster. Yes, bread, sir. Yeah. Yes, yes, bread. Bread. <laughs> Don't need no butter, man. Bread and water, uh, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Teddy B, I like that. Because, you know, sir, a lot of times when, when boys get that bread in the pocket, they kind of forget about how they used to eat. You know, yeah. you don't go like the nah. boys don't go back to Applebee's anymore, Ruby Tuesdays. Man. Oh, man. Logan, yeah, you know what I mean? Man, listen, I, I drive me a minivan right now, man. So I'm I'm pocketing all my little coins. I love it, man. Smart man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, smart yeah, man. Definitely. And don't and don't forget in 2022, you can be right back at the table all over yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. over again. We go ahead, go ahead and let that thing manifest a little bit. Speak that into the universe. Yep. Yes, uh, yes, uh, no doubt. Hey, but Teddy B, man, we appreciate you joining us here. All things covered, man. You high character individual. We are rooting for you. Uh, Best of luck this upcoming season with the Denver Broncos. And go ahead and, uh, you know, twist that knife in the Carolina Panthers a little bit when you ride and ball out this year. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, Teddy B, you don't have to say too much. I'll be saying it for you on here. All things covered. I'll be on the talk for you. Yes, sir. Be safe, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks again to Teddy Bridgewater. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure to follow and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with you soon where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace.